All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Show hasn't even started and Chell Iverson's in timeout. Let's get into it with the lead. We're not screwing around anymore, Liam. This is it. The rules have been set. If you talk about trading Nuge or trading Darnell Nurse in the YouTube chat, you get put in timeout. And I think we need to implement like a three strikes in a show or two show policy. You'll just get straight up banned. Listen, our chat needs to be a place for good, honest hockey talk. Yes. Not nonsense. No hypothetical stuff. We do kind of like hypothetical <laughs> trades, though. Yes. Like- Just not nude or nurse related because it's nonsense. Anyways, welcome into Oilers Nation every day live from the Sports Closet Studio and live on the Oilers Nation YouTube where Brian was in and says, Tyler, you can't leave us with Jay and Maple Leafs now. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. I'm not doing the show tomorrow. I'm out. I'm going golfing. Mm-hmm. You and Jay, maybe Jay. We even asked Jay if he's doing the show tomorrow, but he kind of said. I'm going to ask Bag Milk, too. Make it a little roundtable. Take some listener questions. A little cast. Take the pressure off me a little bit. Then all I have to do is read ads organically. There you go. Which is definitely the most challenging part of the show. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, the chat is bumping today. If you're watching on YouTube, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, and uh, drop a question in the chat as well. Our pal Rusty was going at Chell Iverson about his idea. I'm going (laughs) to just skip right over that. Wow, there's a lot of talk about this. Yep. He has a no movement clause. We've covered that a hundred times on this show. Things are getting very controversial. Down we go. Down we go. Look at that. No comments to get to. Well. They're all about the one thing. Uh, Rusty says, what about a buying out Campbell comment? Eh, no. I don't know. Buying out Campbell? We did that thing earlier <laughs> in the year. It's, it's not happening. The others have, don't have enough 
flexibility to be buying out Campbell. Yeah. It is silly season, though, around the NHL. And a couple of new players had their names, like, firmly added to the rumor mill. Mm-hmm. We had kind of talked about, up oh, here, Luke Dubois likely to be moved. Alex Dabrinkat, I wonder if he stays or goes in Ottawa. It sounds like both those guys are going to be on their way out of those Canadian markets yes. this offseason. PLD has just, he's, oh, God, for lack of a better phrase, he's bent over the Jets. Yes. What are they going to do? If they go to another team that's not Montreal and say, do you want Dubois? The other team's going to say, we want to talk extension with them. Dubois is going to say, I'm not signing an extension with you. And the team's going to go, hey, sorry, Winnipeg, we're not giving up a ton for this guy because he won't sign an extension with us. So Dubois has been in the league now for seven years. Wow, that's actually a long time. And he's demanded out twice? More or less. If you're another team, like, do you really want to pay the high price for a guy that has basically said like he's not happy anywhere? What's his like, career high in points? Uh, 63, which was this year. Before that, it was 61, which was year two. 28 goals is a career high for him. Even in shortened seasons, he wasn't doing a whole heck of a lot. Like 20 points in 41. He's yeah. a second line center who, for mm-hmm. some reason, still has this top three pick lure to him, right? Yeah. Or people think he's maybe more than he is. And he's just really not. If I'm the Canadians, because, again, that's the one spot where we keep thinking he'll go to. Why would I give up anything significant? Am I trying to win the Stanley Cup next year? No. Nope. So why would I give up a first-round pick plus for a guy when next summer I can just sign him as a UFA to a sweetheart deal? What is um, – I'm trying to pull it up here. What is the Canadian situation down the middle? Obviously, Nick Suzuki, they are kind of thin, I suppose. He would definitely help them. But also, you're right. Like, why, why are you mortgaging the future so much for this guy? Like, it just seems unnecessary – and like you said, you can just wait one more year, let him be unhappy wherever yeah. he goes, and then just go sign him the year after. And that's what I'm getting at, is you can just sign him the year after. Because I really do think, when you look at that Montreal forward group and what they'll be two years from now, okay, you got Kirby Doc. I think he's more of a winger at this point. Yes. You got Doc, you got Gallagher, Josh Anderson, Uri Slavkovsky, Cole Caulfield's in the mix as well. Whoever you pick this year, potentially another forward to add into the lineup. You got a guy like Philip Masar coming up. Sean Farrell is a hyped-up college guy coming. They have a lot of wingers in that system. They're missing a 2C for behind Suzuki. Dubois, that guy, yes. he's a perfect fit for them on the ice. I'm talking more from the Winnipeg perspective of like, F this dude, man. Like, If he would have just kept his mouth shut, you could have dealt them for a much better return. And if he would have maybe told, or if maybe you should have jumped ahead of it last year. And being like, hey, we're just moving you now and getting as much as we can for you. But I almost think there's a point if you're Winnipeg, if Montreal's not going to give you what you want, no other team's going to give you anything because they think he's just going to go to Montreal. And again, I'm kind of just filling in the blanks and reading the tea leaves on that side of things. But do you not just play hardball? You qualify him if he wants to sign an offer sheet somewhere, which again, he won't because what team's going to do that? Mm-hmm. So he's not going to sign an offer sheet anywhere. If you're the Jets, you can qualify him and say, you're going to play here next year? And if he says no, you say, have fun sitting out, asshole. Yeah. I Enjoy mean, tanking your value. He's a restricted free agent, right? He's not an unrestricted free agent. Like The Jets hold all the power in this negotiation. Yeah. Really. And it's not the only one I can kind of think of that's kind of close to it was like Matthew Kachuk, but he gave he gave the Flames a full year's notice that he wasn't going to sign there. Full and actually, year. Respect Talk to the Panthers, to yeah. yeah. And this just feels like 
the wall thinks he's bigger than he actually is. He's a second line center. Ryan Nugent Hopkins had 40 more points in him this season. Mm -hmm. Just don't think he's, he's that great. And like you said, like, it's just, what do you, what does he really expect from all of this? Yeah. Uh, someone asked if he has Arbrights. Yeah, he does. Um, so again, you want to go to arbitration with him? You're the Jets. You got nothing but cap space. And he keeps saying he doesn't want to play there. I, I would take him to Arb. I'd bring him back for a year. I would walk him to the deadline and then I'd treat him as a rental. You're probably going to get a second. And someone compared it to, uh, it was Christopher Palmer, the Giroux from Philly to Florida deal. Okay. So at the deadline, I kind of thought that too. He's a pure rental at that point, right? Mm. Some team playoff contention will be like, hell yeah. I'd like Pierre Luc Dubois to be my three C as I push for the playoffs. So you'll get yeah, some at the you? deadline. And if his value is nowhere good right now, then you hold on to him. He'll be the number one guy at the deadline if he's still there. He'll be number one yep. on Frank's board, that's for sure. Uh, the other name is Alex DeBrinkat. Mike McKenna and I today on Daily Faceoff, live every day at 10 o'clock Mountain Time if you want to get more of a online hockey fix in your life. Uh, we were talking about spots for Alex DeBrinkat. He mentioned the Detroit Red Wings, a team with a decent amount of cap space this year, $30 million potentially. They also have multiple first-round picks in each of the next two drafts and three second-rounders this year. To bring it from around that area, it would be a nice fit as they look to add. I think they need more high-end offense on that team. Dylan Larkin is good. Lucas Raymond is really good as well. They have some nice young players there. I think they need a good high-end piece. The team, I think, that should be... Knocking on the door of the Ottawa Senators for Debrinket, though, the Buffalo, Buffalo Sabres. Man, their biggest need, the thing that will take them from close to a playoff team is giving Dylan Cousins help. That yes. guy's playing with like Jack Quinn and JJ Paterka this season. <laughs> they are both very good young players. Hmm. Jack Quinn and JJ Paterka could both be top six guys going forward. I think they could be very good top nine guys next year. You get Debrinket, you can afford them. $16.9 million in cap space this year with almost your full roster signed. You can afford him this year, sign him to an extension next year. You have like 40 some million bucks in cap space. You could sign him, Darlene, Owen Power. You're good to go. You're now running these dynamic duos of Tage Thompson and Alex Tuck, Dylan Cousins and Alex Dabrinka. You got all these complimentary pieces, Skinner, Olofsson, Krebs, Quinn, Paterka. You have a chance to build one of the best top nines in the NHL if you go out and get this guy. Yeah, and, and that's the thing, isn't it? Like, Debrinkat's a legit number one winger in the league, right? First line winger. Yep. So I think Buffalo would be a good spot. I'm going to sprinkle an idea on you, though, Tyler. Yep. What about the Pittsburgh Penguins? I think he's too expensive. You think he'd be too Unless expensive? Unless the contract's going back the other way or something, but I just, I think it's too expensive. Where are we at here? Pittsburgh, I think, have around 20 million. Yeah, around 20 million. You think he's going to get eight, nine? Maybe if may, maybe he'd go like seven by seven at the cheapest on a long-term deal. It'd be tempting if I'm Pittsburgh. I think if you want to add a little bit more youth to the lineup, maybe Ottawa takes a contract back like a, a Granlund or yeah, a Patterson. Patterson. What's the positive asset there? For Ottawa? Yeah. Maybe you get a pick. You need more than a pick. You gave up a first, second, and third a year ago. Oh, and Pickering. No, that's way too much. They don't even need defensemen in Ottawa. Exactly. That top four is like locked I don't see in a forever. There just because there's yeah. no assets. Like at least with Buffalo, you could sit there and okay, let's take a first this year. Sure, if you're Buffalo, you're probably okay giving up a first at this point. And maybe it's a first in JJ Paterka, German connection. That's true. Stutzla. Ottawa probably want to have some NHL players. Probably or something. And Greenland and Patterson are both NHL players, but what's the ceiling? Exactly. They've probably hit it. Turka 21 playing with Stutzla. That story's sick. You get a first back in the deal as well. Maybe it's a bit too much there. 
Maybe it's Paterka in a second because Buffalo has some extra seconds. I don't know. I think that I think that's an interesting little fit there. Uh, here's what's coming up today on the show, as always, live from the Sports Closet Studio. We have a giant offseason question for Sherwood Ford. David Quadrelli from Quads. Canucks Army is going to stop by and talk to us about the Canucks offseason. Mm-hmm. We're going to do a Pacific Division offseason preview for every team in the division over the next couple of weeks. So Quads is going to kick that off for us. It'll be brought to you by Star Mechanical, a player grade for UFC 289. It's Ryan McLeod, trade machine for AMA Travel. All of that in the next 30-some minutes here on the show. Let's get into our giant off-season question. Yesterday, we had Frank Saravalli on the show. He dropped an article. Some RFAs around the NHL who might not be receiving qualifying offers. If you don't know how that works, you basically, if you're the team and you have an RFA, kind of like the Oilers will do with Costin and McLeod, you can qualify them, Mm -hmm. which means it's a one-year deal at a marginal raise that's set in the CBA. It's like an extra 10% or some shit like that. So it's a marginal raise. The player can accept it. Come back on that one-year deal. You're good. By qualifying him, you also prevent him from becoming a UFA. You can also look at an RFA and say, we have no interest in this. We're going to walk away, not qualify you, and that player will become a UFA on July 1. Here are the players, five of them, that Frank had written down who could be eligible to not receive QOs. Mackenzie Blackwood's at the top of the list. No interest from Edmonton there. No, not anymore. He's a year ago, maybe. He's a (laughs) 1C, I call him. Yes. You don't want him to be your 1B. He's got some upside. He's got 1B upside, but right now he's a 1C where you could trust him with 25 games if he stays healthy. Do you remember when he was, people would put out those Mark Canada rosters and he was the starting goalie or on the roster at least? Yep. Yikes. Maybe the Spangler Cup roster. (laughs) (laughs) That's a dig. That is a dig. Uh, Maxime Comtois, number two on the list. This is a guy we talked about at the deadline as a possible like Yessi Pugliarvi trade swap kind of mm. like who needs a change of scenery for guy who needs a change of scenery. He's 24 years old, six foot two, 110 pounds. Here's where I could fly. If you bring a to your deal for like 1.75 million bucks and you move Fogel and he's your Fogel replacement, mm. a guy who can bring you some physical bite. His career high is 16 goals in 55 games. So he scored at a 20 goal pace once. Outside of that, offense has been an issue for Comtois. A lot of things have been an issue for Comtois. But I think he could be a very interesting buy low candidate if you end up moving both Fogel and Yamamoto. I, I'm with you. When I was looking through this list, this was kind of the guy I thought about too. The thing is with these these players from Anaheim are just teams in that regard, right? Like yeah. the confidence is low for literally everybody. Like a fresh spot for this guy might boost his morale a little bit. Maybe you can get back to that 16 goal range, yeah. like, even if it's 12 goals, right? Like the potential is that he's only years old. I think Comtois would be the pick I would look at. And Cheaper, I, younger Fogel. That's kind of what I think could be a better for the others right now. Next name on the list is Dennis Gurianov. And I see a few of you in the chat here saying you'd be open to bringing in Gurianov. Flynn McCoy, if he's cheap, I'm 100% in on giving him a chance. Let's take a look at the stats card here. Six foot three, 205 pounds, left shot, but plays, prefers to play the right side. Last season, seven goals in 66 games. So a stat line that is pretty similar to Maxime Comtois. He's two years older. Mm-hmm. Okay. So again, it's kind of a wash here. He's in a way Russian Maxime Comtois, but he likes playing <laughs> the right side, which would almost make him more of a fit. 
I think I like Comtois a little bit more than I like Guriana, but hey, Guriana actually does have a 20 goal season under his belt in 2019 20, scored 11 goals last season, had a down year this year, shot only 6%. Same thing, one and a half million bucks. If you're just looking to fill out your roster, your bottom six with high upside pieces, you could do worse than Guryanov. Yeah, you could. And you look at his stats from when he went to the cup final with Dallas to nine goals, 17 points on that cup run. Yeah. Like he is a serviceable player if you just need a guy to kind of fill a spot in your top nine. I don't know. Like I feel like if he wouldn't be someone I would sign on day one, but in a couple of weeks, like is he your Matthias Janmark signing in a similar Manor, right? A couple of weeks into the free agency period, I'd be looking at Garyanov. Fourth on the list, yes, Apuliarvi. Fifth on the list, Trent Frederick. <laughs> Six foot three, 215 pound centerman. Had a great year in Boston, 17 mm. goals. Shooting percentage was a little high, probably comes down a little bit closer to his career average of 10. I think he is a bottom six center, brings you some intensity when he's engaged. I think he can kill penalties, can probably get you 15 goals. I wonder if he might be a bit too expensive. Like, I think he's young Nick Bukestad, is he not? 25 years old? Mm. If some teams willing to give Nick Bukestad two mil, there will be teams out there willing to give Nick Bukestad two and a half mil. Or sorry, Trent Frederick, two, two, 2.25. And he has the factor of he'll fight anybody too. Yeah. Who was it a few years? Didn't he fight Lucic or someone? Was it Reeves or someone? Like, he challenged them and... I would. I, I think love him. People would love that guy here. I would love him here. And I think he's too expensive. I think he'll price his way out, and someone will probably regret it in a few years. Yeah, he's a left shot, so not a perfect fit. Because then you'd have four left shots down the middle. That's not exactly ideal. If this was a world where Ryan McLeod didn't exist, I'd be all over Trent Frederick. But I'm not moving out Ryan McLeod to take a chance on him, who I think would be a more expensive third line center. Yeah, I mean. The physical intangibles are tempting. The thing with him, like you said, the others have four right shot, uh, left shot sentiment. Yeah. At least if you bring in back Derek Ryan, you can rotate him through and he can take face offs and stuff like that. So, so that kind of works. But Trent Frederick, I would take him on my team any day of the week. Rusty says Frederick would be awesome here, but I agree, too expensive. Um, yeah. Someone said poor Pugliarvi. I, I bet you it's 50-50 he's even in the NHL next year. I wonder if the Ducks take a look at him again. I wonder if the Kraken take a look at him because they had success with a guy like Ellie Tolvanen. I wonder if the Columbus Blue Jackets look at him. Patrick Laine, finished GM. Hey, we'll give you 900K for a year. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. The upside's there. Yeah. And what's the damage, right? Get him on the two-way. We're sitting here talking about Comtois and Urianov. So <laughs> yeah. those guys are going to get contracts. Why can't Pugliarvi? Totally. Um, I'm starting to even think maybe Comtois or Gurianov could come like real nice and cheap. Gurianov, oh, there's so. always the thing of like, you know, some KHL teams can offer him two and a half mil. Yeah. So like, you know. Comtois is a player I would like the others to grab this summer. If I feel you, like he's going to be a bit cheaper. If you move Fogel. Because again, then yes, your left side, you're looking at Nuge, Hyman or Kane, right? I, that's the thing that with spot. the Oilers I think need to do this summer. Like I have no issue with Warren Fogel. I actually want him on the team next Me season. Me too. I want to see out. I've been vocal about this. I want to see out contract year Fogel. But if you can get a guy who is $1 million less, what would that be? One seven five, one five. Yeah. Clem Costin, for example. You can play a very similar role. Like what's the difference, right? Like you're saving a million bucks. The Oilers need to be flexible and need to find ways to be that. Yeah, I think Comtois, if you can get him for 1.5 and then you can dump Fogel somewhere, 
It's a dream scenario. Mm-hmm. You're saving yourself 1.25. You're getting a player with upside, younger version of the same guy, more or less. Uh, so there you go. There's our short for giant offseason question, all centered around Frank Saravazzi's. What about Tyson Yost? I feel like I just had a stroke. That was read that. That was terrible. There, there is a couple of guys who go to, who are going to go to arbitration. So we'll see what happens with them. Yeah. But Yost, I wouldn't touch Yost. No, I'm good. He's kind of just a guy that's. What list are you good. looking at? If you all love, it's on the website, dailyfaceoff.com. Oh. And you can, so it says arbitration cases looming. So Trent Frederick, Frederick is, is on there. Uh, Will Borgden. Borgden. in sorry. Seattle. Uh, Tyson Yost. I wouldn't yeah, touch good. him. I'm good. Noah Gregor. Yeah. Bring him home. I actually, Noah Gregor would be a great fit. Dude, he skates I, like a demon. He shoots the puck, scores in bunches. Like Left winger, cheaper than Fogel. Great. Last name Gregor. Yeah, I know one man in Edmonton that would love that. His dad. He's an unbiased journalist. <laughs> Sorry, I was talking about Noah Oh, you were talking father. about uncle. No. His father, yeah. Who was also quite the hockey player. Is he? Zach McEwen. That's a Kenny Holland player. When we linked to him. At the oh, time, yeah. I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked. Either. And then there's like a couple of guys who depth guys, Dylan Coughlin, Logan Brown, Kiefer Bellows. I don't know. I like Logan him. Brown. I like, uh, and I don't hate Kiefer Bellows either. If you want some depth, I, think I like how you option. copy paste his name, bro. Logan Brown is very easy to type out. Yeah, but now I don't have to because I copy and pasted it. <laughs> <laughs> Logan Brown, Korea high, 11 points. Chell says, I really like Fogel. I like Fogel too. I man, like him as well. Like, you got to make money where you can, right? You got to be flexible. Do you know what else I really liked? Tyson Berry. Yeah, but again, that's the cost of doing business, right? Yeah, it's Kenny Holland's got to be yeah. creative. I think I trust Ken Holland to be more creative now that we've seen the Ekholm deal come through than I ever have before. One other thing, sorry. Are we. Are we going to this? I'm looking at quads. Okay. We'll probably get the quads right away. I was going to say, Anthony C. who got his new deal yesterday. Yeah, that boy got paid. <laughs> yes. I saw it and I thought that is hilarious. He is one of two players on the Chicago Blackhawks who are NHL players. I can't wait for the Hawks to just spend their $40 million <laughs> on just the most average players. Yes. Max Domi's getting $5 million there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, like I said, over the next couple of weeks here, we're going to pre- be previewing Every team in the Pacific Division for our off-season previews brought to you by Star Mechanical. They are not Edmonton's number one plumbing and heating company. Starmechanical.ca. Life is full of awesome what-ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. 
In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. David Quadrelli from Canucks Conversation and CanucksArmy.com. Quads, Kevin Gosman's size is growing by the minute. Your thoughts? I I was impressed, okay? And I know what this is about. This is about me messaging bagged milk because there was an article on Blue Jays Nation that I oversaw that said, okay, Gosman wasn't part of this MLB.com poll that said the top five pitchers in the AL. So I listed off who I thought was better for bagged milk. And he had a problem with this, <laughs> of course. I was impressed. That 13 strikeout performance, you you can't deny it at that point. I honestly I think he is the best splitter in baseball. And look, that that's a league that also has Shohei Otani in it. So the fact that I'm saying that about Kevin Gosman is, you know, it's it's about as glowing a review as I think I can give. Um, look, his command's been awesome. You look at all the advanced stats as well, it's pretty undeniable. So I can't uh I can't really really back that claim up anymore especially with you know a guy like Eduardo Rodriguez on the shelf and all the other guys that are ahead of him in ERA all of those guys look like they're about to take a step down so I better get off this ship before it goes down all the way and he's still getting like Babbitt to death so like if the luck turns around for him anyways speaking of baseball podcast Blue Jays Nation Radio after every Blue Jays series find it wherever you get your podcast from and adding to our baseball network of podcasts is the batter's box with david quadrelli when's episode one drop buddy friday tomorrow we're gonna be doing the first episode um gonna be a lot of fun me and mike lou he's my co-host we're gonna have a lot of fun we did our practice episode episode zero and somehow that became a conversation about fujinami the pitcher in oakland and that was about a 20 minute conversation so you're sure to have a have a fun time when you come listen to the batter's box in-depth baseball talk uh, but you were here to talk Vancouver Canucks and this upcoming offseason. If there is a whiteboard in the office of Patrick Alvine and Jim Rutherford, and it says to-do list, number one has to be create cap space in Vancouver. What's the most likely way you think they do that this summer? Yeah, so so it's really interesting, right? Because I was having this conversation yesterday on Canucks Conversation with my good pal Chris Faber, and what we were talking about was that LA Kings trade, right? Like that LA Kings trade came at least in my opinion, as a direct result of the news from Commissioner Gary Bettman that the cap is only going to be going up a minimal amount. When there's another minimal cap increase, that's when teams who are having these conversations, I've had this confirmed by a few different people, there's been a lot of conversations, excuse me, that alarm, there's been a lot of different conversations um, going on kind of behind the scenes. But what teams were waiting for was, okay, well, if it's going up by three or four million, we're not going to make this trade, right? So so does that trade happen? Like the Kings wanted to get Gabrikov. They want to have some cap flexibility. Does that trade happen if there's a cap increase of about $4 million, which is what a lot of people thought we were going to see with the escrow debt being paid off in October or set to be paid off um, shortly here? No, I don't think it yeah. does. And, and with that in mind, for the Canucks, if that increase had happened, the Canucks, yes, they still would have been uh, in salary cap trouble, which is hilarious to say that they have the worst salary cap situation of any team in the league, uh, given where they've been in the standings the past few years. But yes, it would have given them some flexibility. Is it enough to make them not have to make a Connor Garland trade? Because I think that's the direction that this is going, guys, is look, Connor Garland's a pretty good player. There's been talk of Chicago wanting to move up in the draft. 
you know, do they want to go after a guy like Matthew Wood with the 11th pick, a guy who played with Connor Bedard here in North Vancouver? Um, look, there, there's there's a lot of different options, and you kind of look at, and I think the only option for the Canucks to trade down would be with the Chicago Blackhawks. So does Chicago want to bring in a guy like Connor Garland and pay next to nothing because they have what is now the most valuable asset in the league, and that's cap space. The Chicago Blackhawks have that cap space. They can give up other assets in order to bring in a player that they like that they might otherwise have to pay a pretty penny for. They're going to get him for next to nothing. So, you know, it's not a great situation for the Vancouver Canucks, but... They've put themselves in this position, right? Like nobody held a gun to their head and said, you have to extend JT Miller. Nobody said you have to sign Ilya Mikheyev. Nobody said you have you can't flip Andre Kuzmenko for an asset at the deadline. Nobody forced them into these moves that they've made. So now they have to deal with it. This was always a real possibility. We, we know with the memorandum of understanding that this was always going to be something that teams had to keep on their radar. Look, I think with this news that the cap's not really going to go up, I think we're headed toward a Connor Garland trade, personally. Interesting. What about JT Miller? We had Frank on yesterday talking about the value of this guy. And it feels like for trading a player who almost had 100 points a couple years ago, the Canucks, if they move him, aren't looking at getting the haul you'd expect. Would it be a mistake to trade JT Miller? Or if you were in the GMC, is that something you'd be pushing for before his NMC kicks in on July 1? I would push for it. Like, like I, I would push for it. And I've been pretty steadfast in saying that. But with that in mind, the question I'll pose to you guys is, and I'll answer it myself, but the, the, the question is, what would a team want JT Miller for? Or why would any team trade for him? It's because he's still a pretty good player. And if you're a competitive team, you sign these free agents, you sign them for past performances, and you hope that they can repeat those performances in at least the first three or four years of their contract. And I'd say with JT Miller, that's a pretty reasonable reasonable expectation that he's going to be, you know, uh, between a 70 to 100 point player for at least the next three or four years. So if you're the Canucks, you're asking yourselves, okay, we'd like that cap flexibility down the line. But if the cap's going to go up in a, you know, next season, 24, 25, that is, if it's going to go up by like six or nine million, they're going to be fine. It's not going to be a contract that hurts them, especially in the short term. So what does the cap look like when JT Miller is no longer a consistent contributor and somebody that you're willing to have uh, for that cap hit. When is that? Right. Cause I think that's what every team is kind of weighing when they sign any free agent um, is what are we getting in these first three years? And if we're going to go for it, then we want this player on our team. So if you're the Canucks who somehow think that they are a playoff team and that they are, they're going to make a push for the playoffs this season and beyond, and they're going to keep building, you know, they, they go out and trade for Philip Ronick. This kind of shows you, their mindset and where they think they're at. If you think you're where the Canucks think they're at, you keep JT Miller. And look, I I think at the end of the day, I think they end up keeping him. I I don't think any team is going to buck up with what the Canucks want uh, to get him, to get him away from the Canucks. I don't think any team's going to pay that price. So at the end of the day, I think they are going to keep him. Me personally, I would probably move them just for the cap flexibility, both in the short term and the long term. Yeah, I know it makes you a worse team, but you know, even saying it out loud now, like I'm actually not as sure because they've already made the Philip Ronick trade. If they still have that first and second round pick, and they're still kind of at a point where they can say, okay, we're gonna go into more of a rebuild than a retool, then I think I would say, yeah, definitely trade JT Miller. But I think now that I think about it a little bit more as I talk it through here. 
the Canucks have kind of made their bed here. Like they've decided, yeah. okay, we're not rebuilding and we're going to retool and we want to be competitive next year. It would be a disaster to to have a bad season again next year. Very real possibility, but I don't think you actively make your chances of having a bad season next year worse. We uh, have a bit on the show, the AMA travel trade machine, which spits out a hypothetical trade for us to debate every day. This was the deal yesterday, quads. The Penguins get JT Miller. The Canucks get Marcus Pedersen, Sam Poulin, and a first round pick. Who says no to this? Uh, I think the Canucks might say no to it, but I don't think they should. Like, I I don't think they should, right? Like you're you're getting a defenseman. That's something the Canucks want. Uh, you know, I don't know much about Sam Poulin, but Hey, he's a forward signed at a pretty friendly cap hit. Uh, first round pick. Look, like I, I think the Canucks say no, because we know they were looking for the two first round picks. And I don't know how high they are on Marcus Pedersen. Um, they are collecting all the Pedersons they can, it seems like. But exactly. I, 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 exactly. That's your Pedersen quota. You're hitting it for sure. But look, I, I honestly, like, I think the Canucks say no to this trade. I don't think they should. All right. Uh, what else do you think they're going to be looking to accomplish? Like, let's say the Carlin deal happens or they find a way to move out some cap space in another way. Like what's priority number one with that cap space? Uh, I, I think it's finding a third line center, right? Like, you know, Ivan Barbashev was somebody that was kind of, we heard rumblings about the Canucks being interested in him. Uh, Gavrikov as well, both Dan Milstein clients. And that's the joke here in Vancouver is that any Dan Milstein client ends up signing with the Canucks. Uh, you know, Mikheyev, Kuzmenko, Klimovich, there's, the list goes on. I think there's about six. Um, and they traded one at the deadline too. But um, <laughs> to that point, I, I think it's a third line center. Like, I think it's a third line center. I don't think it's Barbashev at this point with what he's doing in the playoffs. I think Vegas is going to try very hard as they should to keep him in Vegas. And if not, I think some team's going to overpay for him. And I don't think the Canucks want to be that team. Uh, they might want to be that team, but they might not be able to. So it might be uh, saving them from themselves there a little bit, but I think a third line center is what the team really wants. And, you know, the thing that we've always talked about in this market is, well, they need a right-handed defenseman, but they got it. They got it in Philip Ronick. And I don't know how much more like, like the most pressing need definitely is a third line center. Cause when you move on from Bo Horvat, it wasn't pretty here in Vancouver. Like, like, after that with the center depth thankfully jt miller started to play center somewhat respectably because hey back to the miller conversation guys a big reason people were back on that train is because at the start of the year miller was incapable of playing center like he couldn't do it he he was missing defensive assignments um he, he just he could not play center his numbers at the wing compared to center were night and day it was it was it, it quite frankly it was mind-boggling to watch and that's why people wanted him traded so badly um you know there was smashing of the stick um you know all sorts of stuff with body language and all that sort of crap but rick tockett came in and kind of said like yeah that's not going to happen here anymore and then miller started playing center really well so look i don't know if it was a um you know same old song and dance thing with miller where he just came in and didn't have the best attitude because he was disappointed with the team around him i don't know i don't know he would never say that of course um but yeah, like they need him to play center. They need him to play center. And even with him playing center, they still need a third line center because look, Nils Amon, he played on the fourth line last year. He's probably not going to graduate to much more than a fourth line center. I got one for you, Quads. All right. 
Rick Tockett obviously comes in after Bruce Boudreau, and we got a front row seat of Boudreau's last game because it was against the Oilers. Well, what's kind of the vibes around Tockett? Like, do, do the players like him? Are the fans kind of getting attached to him? Like, Boudreau, like, what's the impact he's had in the short amount of time he's been there? I like him. I like him a lot. I, I haven't been shy about saying that. I, I like what he says. I like what he does. I The only complaint that I think I and and a lot of fans have about talk is when he got here, he said like, okay, wins and losses don't matter. Um, we just need to start rolling all four lines, limiting the ice time of our stars and just getting everybody to play a strong system. So at when he said that, the Canucks were fifth last in the league. Prime shot at Connor Bernard. Okay. So everybody was really excited. They were like, yeah, we're going to see a lot more losses. We're going to see the team work a lot harder. So they're not going to be as hard to watch. It's just going to be a, okay, they don't have the skill to win. They don't have the players that are going to make them capable of winning. But then toward the end of the year, talk it kind of, and I don't know where this came from, but talk it kind of uh, started to run the stars quite a bit. And then the Canucks obviously, as you guys know, went on that heater to close out the season when yeah. Quinn Hughes playing close to 30 minutes a night, Elias Pettersson's 25 plus. And look, when you play those guys like that um, and they're going the way they were, like those guys had incredible seasons this year. Uh, they're going to, they're going to win some games for you. And that's exactly what happened. So I think that's the only complaint people have about talk it. Um, look, it, it, are people as attached to him as they were as Bruce Boudreaux? No, I don't think we'll ever see that. To be honest with you, I don't think we'll ever see that again. Um, you know, I don't know if we'll see a chant for the coach um, <laughs> in his first game ever again in Vancouver. I don't think we'll see that. But further to that, guys, like I don't think people outside of the market really understand just how beaten and battered people were by the Jim Benning era of Canucks hockey, right? Like just bad move after bad move. And you say it's a bad move. And then there's this one side of the fan base that was just like, no, it's not a bad move. Here's why. And then it just keeps happening and happening. Uh, the OEL Garland trade now is, you know, going to hamstring the Canucks for years and years when they were one, one year away from getting off of all that bad money that was on the books with Louis Erickson, Anton Roussel and Jay Beagle. Like, that, that did a number on the fans. Fans wanted something to believe in, and that's what Boudreaux represented. Because um, look, like, yeah, Travis Green was who Boudreaux replaced, but it was also Jim Benning and Travis Green were out. Fans didn't really dislike yeah. Travis Green for the most part in this market. He's a you know pretty respected coach uh, in this market. Obviously, there's, there's, there's a lot more fans now that kind of say, okay, well, uh, he wasn't the problem now that, you know, we've seen Boudreaux go through um, and all that sort of stuff. And hey, Rick Tockett is a really good friend of Travis Green. They're pretty similar coaches. Like that's the thing that I've said kind of quietly is they're pretty similar in their thought process and the way they do things. Obviously, Rick Tockett's a little more experienced than Travis Green. I think he's pretty well suited to do the job um, that is in Vancouver. Look, it's a tough market, but Tockett was always really good with the media here. Um, I really liked him personally. I thought he was I thought he was a good coach. Um, yeah, like he's he's well liked in this market for the most part. Like, you know, there's like I said, there's still some fans that are you know, have been hurt too many times before to get attached to a coach. So they're immediately just saying, I don't like this coach. Yeah. For the most part, though, he's uh, he's a well-liked coach in this market. Quads, thanks for hopping on today, man. Look forward to your coverage of what could be an interesting Canucks offseason. Cheers. Thanks, guys.
There you go, David Quadrelli for Star Mechanical, Edmonton's number one plumbing and heating company, starmechanical.ca. Brock Besser, JT Miller, Connor Garland, Tyler Myers, a lot of guys potentially on the block there, Liam. Wasn't Demko on the block for a little bit ah, at some point? Know. That one feels a bit out there. But yeah, that feels out there. It's just kind of funny. There's, there's a lot going on in Vancouver with literally negative cap space. Yeah. Uh, let's get to our player card for today. It's brought to you by UFC 289, headlined by Nunez versus Aldana. Six Canadians on the card. David Quadrilli, I think he's going to be there because it's in yes. Vancouver. We're going to be watching on pay-per-view in our living rooms. UFC 289 <laughs> this Saturday. Uh, today's player card is Ryan McLeod, Ooh. number 71. We're cruising through these player cards, by the way. Uh, Ryan McLeod, he had a good year. He was just banged up. It maybe wasn't like the massive step forward that I was hoping for. 20-goal guy who helps you in all these areas. But 11 goals in 57 games, 23 points. That's nearly a 40-goal pace. For a guy who spends basically no time with McDavid or Dreisaitl, Fogel gets a few games, right? Mm -hmm. Yamamoto plays there a ton. All the wingers eventually get shuffled through with McDavid and Dreisaitl. McLeod doesn't get that advantage, doesn't get that luxury. He still finds a way to score 11 goals for you. If he plays 82 games next year, I think, again, you can look at him and go, legit chance to bang home 20. Yeah, I think so, too. I think that's fair. Like like you said, he's asked to play a role outside of the top six, and I think he does it very well. Yeah. I think he's very noticeable in a lot of areas on the ice. He's got a bright future, and he does. it's kind of just too bad for him in one way that he plays behind McDavid and Dreisaitl. But I think news, that's a perfect but also fit. a massive positive yeah. for him, too, because pressure's off, and... Yep. To be honest, he's a pretty high pick, it you was. know, right at the top of the second round there. So I love Ryan McLeod. I think this season was positive in a multiple of ways and it's got to see it keep going in the right direction. I gave him a B minus for his regular season grade. Again, nearly a 20 goal pace or a 15, 16 goal pace, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. That's pretty good for your third line center. I think he took some steps forward in other areas of his game. Left me, like, I don't want to give him an A because again, I was hoping he'd be a 20 goal guy this year. He didn't end up being that. So a B minus in the playoffs, he didn't score. He was one of the guys who you wanted more from in this playoff run. No goals in 12 games, only five assists. Ryan McLeod could have been a difference maker for them. Wasn't. I give him a D plus for the playoffs. Chance of returning though, 98%. There's an outside chance that the Oilers sit there and go, ah, oh, we can't afford him at two point whatever, or yeah. we prefer Bukestad. I don't think they should think that way. I just think there's a chance they might. And maybe they trade McLeod for like a second round pick or whatever, blah, blah, blah. I don't know exactly why they would do that, but I think there's a small, 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 small chance it happens. I could see it. I think he'd be like option six or seven on the list to move out. Yeah. But yeah, I don't think it's fair to say 100%, unfortunately, but I agree with your grades. I mean, like you said, in the playoffs, you need a little bit more from him. Yep. It's your second time around now. Scored a big goal in the playoffs last year, if I remember correctly, yep. against Colorado. Um, so yeah, need more from him. Overall, though, positive season for Mr. McLeod. Yep, I think so. Somehow this turned into Darnell Nurse talk in the chat. We're not doing that. Uh, so there's your <laughs> player card for Ryan McLeod. Number 71, B minus in the regular season, 98% chance of coming back. I really hope. I would love to see him have a breakout year next year and just score, score in bunches. He's got to shoot the puck more. That's his thing. What's your, uh, what's your lofty goal for Mr. McLeod? So like this year he had 78 shots in 57 games. So that's like one and a half shots a game. Yeah. If he can get that up to two and a half shots a game, even if his shooting percentage stays the same, I think we're looking at 21 goals for Ryan McLeod and a mm. good piece on their PK guy who drives play with his speed. That's my outer marker. 21 goals for McLeod. He gets an A plus next year. Mine was 18. Okay. So we're in the ballpark. Yeah. Somewhere in there would be great to see. 
I think he'll, I think he'll hit it. He's just got to stay healthy. That's yep. his thing, right? Is he played 82 games in a season before? Uh, new no. 71 in 21, 22. So yeah. Cause he started the season in Bakersfield last year. That year. Yeah, he did. So mm-hmm. career. Yeah. Yep. Have an 82 <laughs> game season, Ryan McLeod. Why not? Two short handed uh, goals too, actually. Yeah. AMA travel trade machine, AMA travel.ca, whatever you're looking to save on rental car, hotel flights, all of it. it travel insurance, AMA travel has you covered. I use them. They book a trip this September. I use them for my Seattle trip. Mm-hmm. You'll notice a trend in most of my time off. It's all centered around sports. I'm a very one dimensional human. Um, so <laughs> in July, I'm driving to Seattle to watch the Jays. And then in September, I'm flying to Toronto because I want to see the changes they made to the ballpark. I actually had a, a nice, pleasant sports surprise today, Tyler. So as you know, I'm going away to Europe for three weeks. Mm-hmm. And during that time is exhibition preseason for soccer. Yeah. And my team, Bolton Wanderers, were not playing at home. I found out today they have now scheduled a game against Everton on the first day I get to Bolton. That's nice. So I'll be I'll be going. I'm very oh, excited. Yeah. So that's good. That's in August, right? Uh, July, August, July, yeah. End of July, yeah. All right, anyways, here's our AMA travel trade machine for the day. We're going back to the Alex it well. He's going from Ottawa to Seattle. I think the Kraken could be itching after their first franchise playoff berth. And listen, Ottawa traded a first, second, and third for him. They're going to give up Jager Furkus and a first-round pick to get Alex Dabrinkat. They're going to sign him as well. Furkus, again, young guy, probably not ready to take a jump to the NHL this season, mm-hmm. but two years from now could factor into that bottom six there in Ottawa. And they get a first round pick back. Seattle gets to brink out. They get a chance to sign them. Boom. Done deal. I don't, I actually quite like this trade. I think Ottawa is getting two very good assets for yep. a guy that doesn't want to play there. So you took a stab with yep. trading the first, second, and third for him. You're going to recoup a good chunk of that year. Yep. So that's very good. And then, I wonder if Shane Wright could be involved in this trade. I wonder oh, if they dude. get rid of the first and they just go Shane Wright for Debrinka. I think it's too much. You, you can't so? give up on Shane Wright in his draft plus one year. Coachella yeah. Valley's in the Calder Cup finals right now. Shane Wright's playing. Oh, is he really? Yeah. How many playoff points does he have? I saw he had his DB open. Um, six and 17. It's not awful. Two goals. Let's say, right? Yeah. Coachella. Okay. They play. I didn't know Coachella that was that team. Their jerseys are sick. Yeah. Yeah, maybe Shane Wright's a bit too, it's much. too much. I like the trade. Fergus is a very good player. Was yep. he on Musha this year, I think? Mm-hmm. 80, 90 points, whatever he got. Mulek so. said it's fair. Brian said not enough for Debrinkat. Somewhat, Alex said Otto would be crazy. So Bake said not nearly enough. Here's what you have to remember right now. A year ago, okay, Debrinkat had two more years of being an RFA. It was like, you get him, you test drive him, you try to sign him long term. Mm. He went for a first, a second, and a third. He's coming off a down year. So his yep. stock is a little bit lower. Not coming off that 40 goal season anymore. He only has one more year till he's a UFA. Whatever team's acquiring him is going to want to talk extension, which means Debrinkat is going to... He basically has a no-movement clause. Pretty much, yeah. Because so, he can just say, no, I don't want to negotiate with them. No, I don't want to negotiate with them. So if he sits there and goes, I only want to go to Buffalo, Detroit, Seattle. Those are my three teams. That's all I care about. Or those are the only three teams where there's mutual interest. Mm. That's going to hurt his value, man. And a first in Furcus is still like... You're, you're getting two good assets and a first in the 2023 draft. That's a good pick. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that is probably, that is probably a decent little deal for them. Focus is good. Yep. Focus is a guy at the draft last year. A lot of people were being like, look out for this guy. 
One, because yep. he has a great mustache and great hair. Great name, too. Yes. And also because he's a very, very good hockey player. Hockey player. Uh, okay, let's take I'm a notable. look at our Betway Other Sports Report, which starts with the same sport. Hockey. Game three. Stanley Cup Finals tonight. I'm a guy who's locked into some Florida Panthers bets. Yep. I still think they come back in the series. I think they win tonight, Liam. I think they have to win tonight. Well, yeah, it, it is more or less a must win. My, my two favorite bets on Betway, 19 plus, please play responsibly. Mark Stone has hit a shot prop in four straight, including putting up seven shots in game one. His line is paying even money on Betway, set at two and a half. Love that. Also, Matt Kachuk. He's hit a shot prop in three of five. I think that's a guy stepping back on the home ice who is going to be very, very, very fired up to make a difference, and that's going to involve him throwing a lot of rubber on net. So give me Kachuk and Stone on the shot props in Florida to win. I might go Kachuk goal. Plus 115. Mm. Seems kind of nice. Don't hate that at all. Um, I'm also sweating out a uh, Brewers Dodgers money line parlay. That's looking pretty good. Dodgers up six rep on the Reds. Brewers up three nothing on the Orioles. So there you go. Shout out to Betway 19 plus. Please play responsibly. Just Liam and maybe Jay tomorrow. Maybe bag milk too. Maybe bag milk. You have to ask him. Aaron will be here. I always get him on the mic the one time I've done a show. <laughs> you guys will have a lot of fun on a Friday edition of Oilers Nation every day. Shout out to everyone in the YouTube chat. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button as well. Lance says, Tyler, you have to be on the radio soon. I know. And I still got to eat lunch. I got to mm. go do that. Everyone have a good Thursday. I'll chat with you Monday. Liam's in the big chair tomorrow. See you then.